Welcome to No Finish Line, a podcast with John O'Regan, sponsored by Great Outdoors Dublin. Hello and welcome back to another episode of No Finish Line podcast featuring athlete interviews and discussion on running, training, travelling and adventure. And I'm your host, John O'Regan. I'm delighted to be joined once again by exercise physiologist Dr. Noel Brick. Dr. Noel Brick is a lecturer and researcher in sport and exercise psychology at the University in Ulster and his book Think Like an Athlete is scheduled to be published in 2021. Noel was a previous guest on the podcast when we talked about his research on attentional focus and self-regulation during endurance activity. His interests also include the role of cognitive strategies and metacognitive processes in the regulation of endurance performance and physical activity. We're going to use some of Noel's research to chat about the current situation we're in at the moment with the lockdown caused by the coronavirus pandemic. And to start things off, we're going to talk about how we can get some control back during this current situation. So I'm delighted to be joined once again by Dr. Noel Brick. So Noel, welcome back to the podcast. Absolute pleasure to be chatting to you again, John, and thank you for having me back. I'm delighted, delighted to chat with you. Um, yeah, I, I suppose, um, you know, kind of from, coming from my perspective, so as, as uh, kind of working on the psychology um, side of things, a lot of things, I guess, hopefully, you know, what we'll talk about today are a lot of things that can be useful just to help manage ourselves, I suppose, and our thoughts and our emotions as best we can uh, in the current situation. And I think a lot of that comes down to what we focus on, what we sort of maybe um, think about the current situation. Um, and I think one, one key thing for me is, is, I guess, focusing on those things that we can control while also obviously focusing on those things that we have we've less control or less influence over as well. Um, for me, I think that's probably one of the big areas to, to kind of think about, first of all, is, you know, what we can control, what's outside of our control, um, and, and as a result of that, then kind of what we choose to focus on to, to manage manage ourselves, manage our training, manage our emotions, etc., as, as best as we can. And what you mentioned there is that, there's a lot of stuff that's outside of control, but there is a lot that is still within our control. And to me, it's it's how you deal with what's going on at the moment. And knowing that it's not just you that is having to deal with this in some ways makes it a little bit easier. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think that's probably one of, one of the hardest things initially, at least anyway. I mean... You know, as, as sports people, as, as athletes, and, and even, you know, outside of the whole um, sport and athletic world, I guess we're, we're sort of more used or we're sort of reasonably used to having a bit of control over very simple things. You know, if we're talking about sport, we're talking about the training that we do, where we train, when we train, how how, how many times a day we might train. Um, and I guess in, in the current situation, you know, that there's lots of things there that we might sort of perceive you know, we've lost a little bit of control over. Um, so, so I suppose broadly, it's, it's kind of hard to control exactly, you know, how the, the current situation progresses. But if we sort of go right down to our, our day-to-day lives, um, there's maybe, you know, we might perceive we have a little bit less control over, you know, say gyms are closed, so less control over where we train. Um, pitches, athletic tracks are closed, so um, a little bit less control of, of where we train there as well. Um, so, so all that can be difficult to manage, actually. And, and when we sort of lose that little bit of control, 
you know, we, there's so many different emotions that can, can come with that. Um, but one thing about focusing on things that are outside of our control uh, or struggling, you know, in terms of, of that sense of control. So with that sort of sense of a loss of control, uh, a lot of emotions can come with that, like like anxiety, uh, you know, worrying about, you know, if I'm if I'm an athlete, I might be worried about losing fitness. I might be worried about actually when does when does my season start again, um, and and that's something that we certainly at the minute have have very little control over. So so I guess part of you know kind of the exercise here, which can be really really helpful, is maybe just kind of taking a little step back and thinking, okay, well. What can I control in this situation? You know, what what is under my influence? What is under my control? Um, and kind of changing my focus and changing my thoughts actually to to maybe thinking about those things um, a, little, a little bit more. So so if if I give just you know a very simple kind of you know part of the public health message that we've been getting. It's quite important for this, but we'll, we'll sort of bring it more into the sport context hopefully then. But if you think about the public health messages that we've been getting, things about, the, you know, staying at home, washing our hands, all those kind of things, those are behaviours that are very much under our control. We, you know, we, we can make a choice and we can do those things. Um, but controlling those things helps in the, in the broader perspective of kind of, you know, flattening the curve, controlling the spread of, of the virus, etc. So by focusing a little bit more on the controllable aspects, it gives us a stronger sense of, okay, well, there is something I can do in this situation. And that's helpful um, because knowing that we can do something kind of helps, you know, um, change our emotional response to that situation. So, so the same applies in the sporting world. You know, when we think about, okay, well, what can I control in this situation? Well, okay, I can't go to the gym, but I can maybe control other training activities that I, I do. Um, I maybe have to stay within two kilometers of my house to, to do my run. Okay, what what can I do there? What can I do in that space? What is controllable for me? Um, and and through that process, you know, it's it's one of the first steps to, to a taking back a little bit of control, uh, and then b in doing so and in really thinking about the things that you can control, managing your emotions, managing your responses, um, and helping you through the current situation as as best you can. And what about resetting goals? Like a lot of people would have been training for races that were to happen now and races have been cancelled and that seems to be knocking people back that little bit more. It was something that they put a lot of time and effort into. Races are being postponed or cancelled. What would you do in that situation? Um, I, I think there's lots of different things you can do, and, and it'd be good actually just have a, have a good uh, conversation about this with you as well, because I think a lot of people take uh, or, or, or have taken um, different approaches to this. I guess okay, I'll, I'll kind of start with what's maybe unhelpful. Um, you know, it's it, it's a sort of a, it's a natural, I guess, immediate response when, when your race is cancelled or when an event is cancelled. Um, and if you think about, you know, you know, broadly 2020, there's so many global big events that were due to happen uh, this year. So, so it's, it's quite natural if if that event um, was was postponed or, or cancelled or whatever it might be. It's quite natural to to feel upset at that or to feel you know, down a little bit because of that, because it's something you've been working so hard towards. Um, so I guess, okay, how can we get control back in that situation then? Um, so I suppose part of that comes with, um, or part of the process of that comes with maybe sort of resetting and, and, and uh, restructuring our goals a little bit. Um, and I suppose, you know, I think it's quite important to understand, you know, when we talk about goals, we don't just talk about, you know, 
completing that race or, or, or participating in that event or whatever. There's a whole set and, and series and, and different levels of goals that we can talk about. And um, what I think is, you know, a couple of things that are most helpful for me, if I, if I talk about, you know, the goal of competing in a race, first of all, for me, what I've actually done a little bit, and it, it's helped me, is that one, you know, I've kind of focused on, okay, well, regardless of, you know, how long and how far away it might seem right now, um, the sort of thought of, okay, well, this this will pass. Eventually, this will pass. Um, eventually, a race or the race, uh, whichever I'm focusing on, it will happen. You know, there will come a day when, when we're back competing again. And so it's been the question then that comes with that is what sort of athlete do I want to be when, when that race returns or when that when that opportunity comes back? Um, and for me, the kind of athlete I want to be in that scenario is, is I want to be as, as well prepared as I possibly can. Uh, and when I think about preparation, then actually, you know, I'm now bringing it right back to something I can control. I can control my training, but it's not just my physical training. I might part of that goal setting process. I might sort of think, okay, well, you know, have I got an opportunity here while there's no races happening? Can I kind of think of situations or, or aspects of my um, my performance that, you know, I could actually improve now and that I could get better at now? And for me as a psychologist, I'll, I'll tend to focus on maybe psycholo- psychological aspects. So, okay, you know, if, just throwing out a few you know, hypothetical examples here, but, you know, do I do I perform well in situations that are challenging or difficult? Do I cope with my nerves, my pre-race nerves well? Do I kind of handle fatigue well during a race? Are there psychological skills that I can I can control and that I can work on right now? But are there things that I can learn and get better at right now? That means when that race does come about, I'm a better athlete. You know, not just maybe physically, you know, physically, you know, because of how my training's been impacted, that, that may not be quite where I want it to be. Psychologically and, and in other areas, I can be a much better athlete, and I can control the work that I do between now and then to, to help me be that better athlete. So, so we, we tend to call things like that uh, process goals, and, and process goals are the most controllable type of goal that we have. You know, how, what I think about, what I choose to focus on, whether that's controllables or, or things that are not controllable, or the strategies I use. You know, and, and we spoke about that in, in an earlier podcast strategies that I might use to, to cope with fatigue or to manage effort uh, during an event. Those are things that I can get better at right now. So I might kind of set different goals. Um, and I might set a goal of, you know, in the next month, these are the things that I want to get better at. They can be psychological, but they can be physical too. You know, you know, I might want to improve my speed. I might want to work on aspects of my, my whatever it might be, biomechanics, whatever it might be, my technique. Um, so I think, you know, kind of, you're now sort of refocusing and resetting your goals um, back into things that you have much more control over. And, and again, so those two things we've spoken about go hand in hand. The goals you set uh, and thinking about whether you can control them right now and whether you, the, the things you can do to improve those, those things right now. And, and again, that helps, you know, that helps to manage the, the situation because I'm taking something that was outside of my control that might be a race being cancelled and and huge amount of uncertainty about whether or or when that will happen again. Taking that into things that I can control uh, and things that that are under my control and that helps to to manage emotions as well. And at the end of the day, the training isn't wasted. The training is only part of the training is the journey. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, in in my head, um, I guess, you know, what I've done 
and I, I sort of should have mentioned that there, but I haven't. In, in my mind, what I've sort of done is I've kind of set an imagine, not an imaginary, but I've kind of said to myself, okay, well, there's a particular race that I've been training for. Uh, it's been rescheduled at the minute for, for uh, September time. Uh, and of course, there's obviously uncertainty about whether it will happen or not. But in my mind, it's absolutely happening. Uh, and so in terms of my training plans right now, I'm training for, for an event that, that is going to be happening in September. So what are the possible outcomes there? So one possible outcome is that it goes ahead in September. Great. I'm prepared. I, I've been doing my training. I've been doing my work to, to be as prepared as I can for that. And the second outcome is that it doesn't happen and it's maybe cancelled or, or postponed for a later date. Well, you know, I have done all that training between now and then. Uh, I, I'm, I'm still well prepared. Uh, I've got huge benefits from the training that I've done between now and then. Uh, that means whenever it happens, actually, I'm, you know, I'm still a well prepared athlete. And as you say, John, that, that training hasn't been wasted. So I guess it's kind of those individual strategies that we use to help manage our own emotions as, as best as we can. Uh, and for me, I found that really useful. Uh, kind of in my mind that race is going ahead or that event is going ahead uh, and so then I, I focus on all the control goals and, and I set sort of goals between you know now and where I want to be in a week's time a month's time five months time whatever it happens to be uh, I'm kind of doing the same process that I would do as if you know there was nothing major legally happening right now and that race was still going ahead uh, as it might be in, in September. And that's actually a very similar approach to what I'd adapt myself, except the situation. You have more free time yeah. because the the race is that bit further away, but I wouldn't become complacent. I would try and keep myself in the routine. I would keep those windows of opportunity open. The times that I would have been training, I'll still try and train, but I won't train at the same volume and I certainly won't be training at the same intensity. I will be doing just enough to hold on to what I have. If you look at the principles of training, which I think are always a good reference, probably the most important one for somebody looking to improve is the principle of overload. That says that training loads must be increased gradually. And it's through the adaption that you get stronger, you get fitter, you get faster. There's also another one of the principles called the principle of reversibility, which simply is explained as you either use it or you lose it. Now, at this moment in time, we can keep applying overload because there's an old Buddhist saying that if you keep filling your cup, it'll overflow. So what we need to do now is just enough to stop ourselves from losing what we have actually gained over the past couple of seasons. And if I was to use an analogy, if you were to get a five-litre pot of water It will take you a long time to get that pot of water up to the point where it's boiling. But if you reduce the boiling point to where it's just simmering, that's what we're going to do now. Applying just enough heat to keep it where it needs to be. And then when you know that your race or whatever event you're training for is on the horizon, you can then just increase the training that little bit and bring yourself back to where you need to be. Yeah, I think that's great, John. Um, and I think, you know, a couple of things, just even listening to, to you speak there that, that I've sort of picked out. One is, again, just, you know, kind of the, I guess, the goals that you set and, and kind of, you know, again, a very important process goal right now is, is to maintain what you have, to maintain the, the fitness that you've maybe built up, maybe in, in preparation for, for an event that, that had been sort of planned to take place. So maintaining that as, as best as possible, Um 
which means it's there, you know, and as you say, John, it's there when, when the, the the situation eventually rolls around. Um, the other thing you were saying there and the words that you used, which I think are absolutely fascinating and, and, and very important right now is, you know, it's, it's very easy in, in this present environment to, to sort of focus on the things we've lost, you know, the, the time we've lost, the events we've lost. Uh, all that sort of stuff. But the word you used there, John, was uh, fo- was was focusing on the opportunities and seeing this as an opportunity. And from, from a psychological perspective, we kind of suggest that as, as, as a strategy called reappraisal, where actually you kind of look at uh, the situation right now and you kind of look at, okay, well, you know, what what are the opportunities here? You know, and maybe have a little bit more time, uh, and maybe conserve. You know, have, you know, we talked about controllables. Okay, if I can get out for one exercise session a day, I've got control maybe over when that is. Um, so there's opportunities in there, not just for working on on sort of other areas of of your performance to improve, like psychological aspects, uh, but there's also opportunities in there for for training time for rest and recovery time and um, all those kind of things which can ultimately help you to, to be a better athlete longer term um very often when we talk about sort of opportunities and, and threats you know again we might see the situation as a, as a threat and, and focus on the things we can lose but actually there's lots of opportunities and in, in a sort of a a perverse way almost with lots of opportunities as well for an athlete to, to sort of reset goals, to refocus a little bit in other aspects of their performance and work, use the time to work on those things as well. I also think it's important to stay connected with the groups and teams that you had previously been training with, whether that be through a WhatsApp group or a Facebook group. The guys who you're used to training with, who you're not training with now, to keep that connection there, just so you are ready to actually kick things off again when the opportunity arises rather than I suppose getting complacent and getting used to the uh, lesser active lifestyle although you're not training the physical you're still training the mental you're keeping that training mentality there I think staying connected and obviously for, for most of us that will be you know virtually at the minute like you say whether it's maybe on, on WhatsApp or, or Zoom or, or whatever I think it's actually it's important for a few reasons. One, I think it's quite important for our own mental health and well-being. You know, we're we're social creatures, and um, as athletes and as sports people, and just in, in life in general, um, you know, that sense of connection with other people. You know, we train in groups together, and even if you're sort of an athlete like me who tends to run solo quite a bit, you know, I, I raced, and, and, and when I race, I meet you know sort of people and meet friends and, and things like that, uh, and that's very very important. So I think that social connection and, and reducing, you know, when we talk about um, social distancing and, and, and isolation and all that, you know, for me, I think the important point there is that that's a physical distancing and, and, uh, and to a certain extent a physical isolation. But I think in terms of the social aspect, it's important that we stay socially connected um, and kind of use technology we have to, to do that. So, so for athletes and for teams, I think that can be maybe sort of, you know, Again, a couple of things here, you know, staying, staying together, staying connected and having a bit of a routine around that. You know, so if, if, you know, why not if there's a time of the week where you would normally have got together as a group to train to, to actually keep that routine and to keep that time as a time where, where you used to have some sort of social connection together. Um, I think that's really, really important for both your routine and that sort of sense of, of connectedness with other people. One thing I started doing, just a personal anecdote, one thing I started doing over the past few weeks, which I hadn't done for about maybe two years, is I started using Strava again. 
Um, and for me, again, doing a lot of solo running, going out solo running, but not having those events or races or whatever that I would normally meet people with, it's been a way of, of one, connecting with, with people who are doing the same thing. Um, I find it really beneficial and really helpful for that. I think, two, you get that little bit of feedback. You know, you'll get a little bit of kudos or, or whoever it might be. But I think three, and the other bit that's really important here is, is that you almost have that little bit of a social contract as well. Uh, and by social contract, I mean, you know, you now have, okay, if this is something that interests you, you now have other people who are sort of, you know, looking at your training runs or looking at the activities that you're doing. And while sometimes you might not want that, and while sometimes that might be something we want to keep private, for me personally, and I think for others as well, that's actually helpful right now because it keeps me motivated to, to do the activity, to do the training, uh, to keep on track with, with the goals, the weekly training goals that I set myself. So there's lots of advantages and I think lots of good reasons to stay connected socially for our mental health and our uh, psychological well-being, but also as an athlete and for the goals we set ourselves and having that connectedness with other athletes. I, I think that's very, very important as well. And it's never been as easy to stay connected. And just as you mentioned Strava, yes, I would agree with you there, Strava is good from that point of view, but it can also be a double-edged sword. There are people out there posting runs or cycles of 40, 50 kilometres, maybe even longer. And rather than, I suppose, encouraging people, that's starting to annoy people because they they see that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do you're not abiding by the rules, it's because of you, I can't do that. So I think people need to be conscious of what they are actually doing. It's It shouldn't be an opportunity to show off, it should be a time to show a bit of solidarity and to be, I suppose, motivating others to get out and do something rather than saying, look at what I'm doing. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and, and I think it's those you know, it's quite important to mention in there as well that, you know, we're all adhering to, to the guidelines and we're, we're all kind of adhering to, you know, the, the sort of government guidelines in terms of where we should be exercising, uh, how often and per day we exercise, etc. I, th- I think that's really, really important. And as you sort of mentioned there as well, I think that idea of, you know, people who flaunt the rules a little bit, I think that sort of lets everybody down. I think that sort of, you know, while the rest of us are, and while the majority of people are sort of doing their best to adhere to the guidelines while still doing their, their training and their exercise and stuff like that, um, I think it's important that we all adhere to that uh, as best as we possibly can. So you're right, you know, there are pros and there are cons of, of um, platforms like, like that. But as I say, going back to, to what I mentioned earlier, for me, as something that I've rarely, you know, used over the last two years, I just found that little bit of connection again for me, has been been sort of helpful and kind of easy that way. In a way, I guess to, to manage my own emotions and to to kind of help me to adhere to my training goals um, by having that social connection and by having that, that certain extent that social contract as well. And some people actually find it hard to run without a group. The reason that they actually do go out and do something is because the group actually helps them, and that brings to my mind that they recently you had an article published in Runner's World about how to learn to love solar running. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. What tips would you give to somebody who is actually finding it hard to get out on their own? Yeah, um, so I guess some of the things that um, I kind of mentioned and, and focused on in that article were really a couple of things. Um, one was, you know, it can be quite hard, and this goes back to maybe part of a conversation earlier around goals and, and things like that, um, when you're kind of used to training with a group and when you're kind of used to that structured training time and then, you know, training sessions happen at 
you know, 7 p.m. as usual or whatever. When that sort of um, link and when that, uh, to a certain extent, that routine is kind of broken, it can be quite hard to maintain your, your sort of regular training routine, your regular training habits. So I suppose one of the first things I think I, I spoke about in that article, wrote about in that article, was importance of maintaining that routine uh, and sort of maintaining those kind of training habits. Um, and so that may be training at, a, at, at the same time um, or just simply maintaining that, that sort of training, daily training or whatever that you, that you might have. And, and so we suggested a few strategies that can be useful for that. Um, and that can be very simple things like, okay, if, if today is a training day for me, you know, I'll, I'll sort of set out my training gear or I'll put my training shoes in, in a physical location. So if there's a reminder and if there's kind of a, a way of helping me actually start the process of, of kind of getting out the door, which begins with putting my gear on. But other things I think can be really useful now um, when you're not in, in a group environment. You know, one, one sort of really important social aspect of, of the group environment is that we sort of meet, we converse, we chat, you know, and it's quite enjoyable. But So um, part of that process too is... Um, helping to take our minds off, you know, the physical exertion that we, and the physical effort that we might be feeling when we're running. So when we go out then to train by ourselves and we don't have that conversation and we, we don't have those people to talk to, uh, then actually it can feel harder, it can feel much more difficult, uh, it, can be, it can feel more boring, all, all those kind of things. So we kind of spoke about a few strategies that might be quite useful in that article to, to sort of help uh, in those uh, situations. And again, this goes back to sort of the other point you mentioned earlier about, you know, taking this as an opportunity from, from my perspective to improve psychological skills. So, okay, you know, if, if you're sort of out for that run, what kind of strategies can you try? What sort of strategies can you develop uh, to help you manage sensations of effort or, or the boredom or whatever it is you might experience um, that little bit uh, better? So that might be working on your own self talk it could be it could be listening to a really interesting podcast <laughs> and all, all those kind of things which you know are maybe sort of new strategies or, or new skills that you can sort of learn just to help manage your effort to manage your emotions to manage how you feel um that that little bit better and i think over, over time you know those things become a little bit easier um, i think we you know people who are used to group running you certainly look forward to the day when when, when that returns again but again reappraising the situation and focusing on the opportunities right now. What sort of things can I get better at? Uh, and that might be getting better at managing how I feel, which can make me a better runner longer term. Those can be sort of opportunities that we can we can work on those things right now as well. That's actually a very good line you said there. What kind of things can we get better at? And at this current time, it is important that people do get out and use what we can. We're not being restricted to stay indoors full time so we can get out, get a bit of exercise. So maybe if you're struggling to get out and train, you can reframe that as exercising. And by running rather than walking, you're getting two or three times the amount of exercise done for what you would actually get with a walk. It's more time efficient and it's economy of movement. So that's how I would look at it now. I'd say think of it as exercising rather than training. Yeah, um, I think that's good. But I, I think as, as well in that, you know, I, I suppose a couple of things. One is, you know, in terms of, of exercise, um, getting out, whether it's for a walk, whether it's for a run, whatever it might be, is, it, it, you know, it's really, really important now for, for mental health. Um, we know that sort of, you know, lifestyle factors like, one, like having that sort of daily routine, I think that's it's quite important, you know, and that might be the time that we get up 
the time we go to bed, you know, the things we do through the day and, and exercise is part of that. All of those things are actually really, really important now for, for mental health. And exercise, we know, is hugely beneficial for our, our mood, um, for how we feel just, uh, broadly, um, for, for our mental health and, and for our psychological well-being. So I think taking advantage of that opportunity to, to get out uh, and exercise, be it walk, be it run, be it jog, walk, run, whatever whatever you enjoy and whatever feels good to you, um, I think it's important for our own well-being you know, that, that we do those things. Um, we know as well that, that getting daily exercise helps us to, to improve our sleep at night, helps us to sleep better at night, uh, and, and in turn, uh, getting sufficient sleep is also you know, beneficial and important for our mental health and well-being. So again, getting outside and taking the opportunity when you can, um, finding a location, finding a route that keeps you within the two kilometres zone of, of your house and, and that you're able to train uh, and or exercise safely, uh, but also, you know, kind of adhering to the guidelines. I think that's important and I think that's important for, for all of us that we, that we do that now as well. And you can do a lot within two kilometres. Yeah, um, you know, I actually came across um, an app or a website there about a week or two ago, um, which kind of uh, gives you a, a two-kilometer radius around around your house. Quite clever, and actually, you know, w- when you do look at that, you, you realize, you know, how big a radius two kilometers is, and there's actually quite a lot that you can do within that space. You know, again, there's plenty, there's ample opportunity there, I guess, and, and, and I guess within those sort of guidelines, there's, there's ample space and ample opportunity to get your daily exercise session in. I think obviously quite important there as well, you know, I mentioned about attentional focus earlier on those kind of strategies that we use. Um, one thing I'm, I guess, as a runner myself, and it's just my own kind of anecdote, but as a runner myself, one thing I'm extremely conscious of now is, you know, if I see a walker on my route or if I see another running runner approaching, um, something which I would never have done before, but now automatically I'm switching to the opposite side of the road and I'm ensuring I sort of keep my distance as best as possible. Um, even to the point of, of <laughs> when I'm running past somebody else, I, I hold my breath for, for those few seconds. And again, it's just look, it's just those little things that you can control and those little things that you do that, that are very, very important in this situation. So it's kind of making sure you get your daily exercise, making sure you take advantage of that opportunity, but we're also doing so conscious both of your own health and safety and also the health and safety of those around you as well. Yes, I'm doing the same. I'm the one that moves out of the way and I think people appreciate that and it encourages them to do the same. I think if we all do our bit, it'll be a better place. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely agree with that. Noel, I think we've covered quite a lot there. So before we finish, is there anything else you can think that might be worth mentioning? Possibly you know, one one or two final things. I think I think we've we've you know covered a lot of things there. Certainly, that I that I think are important. We we spoke about you know things that we can control and and what we choose to focus on. Um, we spoke a little bit about you know kind of maybe recalibrating our goals and 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 focusing on slightly different goals at this time as well. And we spoke about I guess staying connected. You know, and that importance of of sort of staying connected with with our social groups, uh, both for you know our, our sort of not, you know, we're training not just for our physical health, but also for our mental well-being as well. I think a couple of things that are, I think finally are maybe quite important. One for me is, and this maybe goes back right to the very start about, you know, focusing on things that we can control. I think the information that we attend to right now and the information that we, you know, focus in on is, is quite important. You know, I mean, anytime you watch the TV, anytime you watch the news, you, you could probably watch information about the current situation 24-7. Um, and, and for me, I think it's as part of that daily routine. I think it's kind of having a routine of one, you know, 
when you, you choose to focus on that information. For me, I've, I've kind of, you know, over the past, you know, after the initial maybe week or two of, of kind of constantly, constantly um, watching every news uh, story or, or, or article that was written about the situation, I very quickly realized that I was starting to feel a little, a little bit overwhelmed by, by everything that was going on. And again, so much information that you read, you're actually reading about things that are outside your control. So, so to get some control back in that situation, I'm now very disciplined in terms of, you know, when I, I watch the news and, and in particular as well what I choose to watch and, and I've kind of limited that to, to twice a day, once in the morning and once in the evening. And and that would have been close to my normal routine, but also it just gives me it sorry, it takes away that sense of, of being absolutely overwhelmed by, by everything that's going on. And I think that's very, very important that we do that broadly. Um and I think the other sort of point that made it goes hand in hand with that is is kind of choosing your sources carefully that um, you're sort of maybe, you know, reading information from, you know, the government websites, HFC, NHS, whatever it might be, that, you, that you're taking it from trusted channels. So that's one thing that I think that's, that's quite important. And again, that goes hand in hand maybe with the idea of, of managing your thoughts, managing your emotions and taking back some control uh, for yourself personally as well. The, the other thing I think, you know, on, on the flip side of that a little bit as well is sometimes in situations like this, and again, maybe sort of broadly say, not just in situations like this, but, you know, if, if you're specifically talking about kind of athletes, you know, sporting performers, um, et cetera, it's not unusual that kind of our emotions can overwhelm us sometimes, you know, um, that might be anxiety before an important event, or it might just be the, the anxiety and, and the, the unease and the uncertainty that's caused by the current situation. And one strategy that can be really, really useful to help process those emotions and to, to help manage those emotions is, is actually writing about them. Um, uh, and even, you know, this, a conversation like this um, can be very, very helpful just to help process your emotions, process how you feel, process what you do and what's helpful and what's less helpful about what you do on a daily basis. The, the reason that's kind of really helpful is that by, by writing about something or by speaking about, you know, kind of how you feel, it just gives you that mental space to actually then sort of First of all, process it, uh, and by process it, I mean kind of understand a little bit better why you might be feeling the way you feel. So, a lot of us might be feeling, you know, kind of anxious at the minute because of the uncertainty and because we're maybe focusing on things that are outside of our control. So, so that helps us process the emotion, understand the emotion, uh, and then once we kind of understand it a little bit better, we can then sort of actually start to to, to manage it and do something about it. So I think that's quite useful now as well. Um, you know, a conversation like this, uh, John, is, is actually really, really helpful for me because it helps just to to, to put a lot of things in place and, and to help understand a little bit better maybe a few strategies that I've been using that were not necessarily conscious but actually have been really, really helpful and choosing, you know, to listen to the news and when to listen to it and, and what sources. That, that's been one of those. So, so that would be my other main point. Um, if you are feeling anxious, if you are feeling uncertain, uh, all those kind of things, Speak about them if you're not comfortable speaking about them with somebody else. Write them down. You know, write down how you feel. Write down what you've been thinking. Write down why you think that's been the case, uh, and that just helps get it out of your head a little bit and helps you sort of process it. And, and as part of that process, then, like you say, start to manage and, and start to actively take control and, and doing things that will help you deal with the, the situation that little bit better. Hopefully, that's great advice. And this is endurance, and we must endure it. Absolutely, yeah. This this is a this is a, this is an ultra, isn't it? This is a marathon or or an ultra, 
Um, and again, you know, John, I guess there's so many strategies that we, we sort of learn as athletes. And, and I think there's actually an important point too. There's, there's a lot of uh, strategies that we learn as athletes to to stay in the moment. You know, if, if you're an ultra runner or if you're a marathoner, you know, there are certain strategies, you know, at the start of an event like that, that you, you don't focus too far ahead. You stay in the moment. You deal with the here and now. You, you sort of use strategies to, to get you through the present moment as, as best as you possibly can. Um, and I think tackling sort of, you know, broader global situations like this, you know, a lot of those strategies will, will stand to you now as well. Staying in the moment, controlling what you can control right now, having a, a short-term goal to get you through the next little part of, of the race or, or the next week or month of, of this current situation. Um, those strategies apply and those strategies help. They help you in a race and, and they certainly help you in um, epic endurance events like, like we're experiencing right now. Yeah, that's true. And nothing lasts forever. Um, this too will pass. Yeah, I've, I found myself repeating that phrase a lot, you know, kind of uh, over the past few weeks. This will pass. You know, it, it's hard to see it when you're in the middle of it. it. It's hard to see the finish line when when you're, you know, kind of 10 miles into a 50 mile ultra or, or longer. Um, but you don't focus on the finishing line. You focus on the here and now. But at the same time, you know, by, by continually focusing on the here and now, eventually that finish line will, will come into place and, and those strategies will help to get you there. Yes, that's it. And every time you go into one of those races, there will always be those sticking points where you just feel the end is never going to be in sight. And it's the same over and over again. You'll always have those moments. And it's just a case of sticking it out, enduring it, and there will be a finish. And you probably find as well, you know, that sometimes you get out of that, most times you kind of get out of that sticky moment, you know, well before the finish line. And it's just a case of, of managing that moment right now. And, you know, you might be feeling overwhelmed. You might be feeling um, anxious, you know, this week. And, and, and you might be sort of find yourself, you know, thoughts drifting to, gosh, you know, when, when will the finish line ever come? But that will pass, this too will pass, that moment will pass, the uncertainty will pass. Um, and, and you'll find maybe sort of by dealing with that moment that, you know, and, and refocusing on maybe other things. And the word you used, John, earlier on, which is great, you know, the opportunity even right now to, to sort of focus on something else or to improve in some other way. All those little things help you through the present moment and, and the difficulties you might be experiencing right now. Uh, and they won't last forever. This too will pass. Okay, Noel, thanks again for your time and I look forward to chatting to you again when we can maybe talk about how to, I suppose, kick things off again. Yeah, that, that'll be brilliant, John. Um, I'd, I'd really look forward to that again and, and hopefully, that'll be, hopefully that'll be sooner rather than later too. It'll be good to chat with you again. Yeah, it will. Okay, thanks, Noel. Take care, John. Now, if you enjoyed this or any of the previous podcasts, you might consider leaving a review on Apple iTunes or subscribing wherever you listen. 